Good morning, good morning, man. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I know I have not lived up to my promise of uh, more episodes, but I did have a rough week as far as my Anchor app. Um, it just was not cooperating. Could not get the episodes in for at least the past four to five days. Uh, a lot of issues, but we up and running this morning, so I want to give y'all a quick episode before these football games kick off. Um, that way y'all have a quick little update, something to think about while watching these games. Also, recapping the two NBA Finals games that have went on. I got some boxing news for y'all and some UFC news, so y'all know what it is, man. Stick around. As usual, I'm going to let this instrumental play, and uh, I'm, you know, I, I really hope y'all having a terrific Sunday. I know I am. I feel good, so... Let's go, man. All right, man, let's get right into it with the news that I missed that I planned for y'all, which is... Last Saturday, we seen the Charlo Twins and the uh, pay-per-view doubleheader. And I was very, very, very impressed by what I seen from both guys. Jamal defeated Sergey Derevinchenko by unanimous decision. And what looked to me like Jamal has really, I mean, he, he's taken his skill set to another level. A lot of people were doubting him and, you know, Let's be honest, there's a lot of people that's not fans of the Charlo Twins that's in the boxing world. Um, if you don't believe me, look up their highlights on YouTube when Jamal fights, uh, when um, he fought Matt Korobov. Look at those comments. Uh, go to their Instagrams where, you know, people make posts about them, about, oh, you know, just general posts about the Charlo Twins and, and, and look and see how many people dislike them. Um, of course, a lot of us Texans are going to root for the Twins. But Jamal has always showed me that he can take his game to the next level within every fight since I've been watching the Twins. So this fight with Derevinchenko, of course, he's fought Triple G. He's fought Danny Jacobs. And Jamal beat him much cleaner, much easier than those two guys did. And it was very, very impressive. Jamal looked a lot patient. Uh, he picked his shots very well against a tricky guy like Sergey, who's very tricky and tough, um, who's going to, you know, come forward and things like that. Awkwardly bends his knees, digs a body, comes back up top. He has good, you know, combinations. But Jamal was able to weather the storm. Um, I wouldn't even say weather. I wouldn't even say weather the storm. I believe that Jamal put a stop and put a halt to what, you know, Sergey was trying to do in there. Um, he wasn't able to impose his will. Jamal looked a lot stronger in there. Uh, his defense looked sharp. Uh, of course, his last fight, uh, not the Hogan fight, but the fight against um, Matt Korobov, you know, he got hit with a lot of straight lefts in that fight. Of course, I understand the circumstances of, you know, last minute replacement, just saw his twin lose. So, you know, a lot of things going through his mind. Um, but that was a fight where, you know, even that fight, he looked good. But this fight with Derevinchenko, he looked a lot more patient. He looked a lot more poised. He looked a lot, very, very comfortable. He looked strong. Um, and, you know, he really let his boxing IQ show that night. So hats off to Jamal Charlo. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next for him. He says that he wants to fight again this month. He says he will fight again this month. And I'm hoping that, you know, the criticism stopped. From what I've seen the night of the fight, a lot of people were giving him, you know, um, you know, praising him on his performance, which was very nice to see because I feel like the disrespect to Charlos have gone on long enough. You know, we got to respect these guys. You know, I respect everybody in the fight game, and I feel like everybody else should do the same, no matter if you like these guys or not. Jamal and Jamel have been trying to get the best and toughest fights out there for a long, long time, and a lot of people just don't want to fight them or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, if you go back to about 2016, 2015, when Jamel and Jamal were both fighting at 154, Jamel was set to fight Demetrius Andre. Andre pulled out of the fight 
because he wants to sign with Rock Nation, and Rock Nation let him know that he cannot take this fight if he wants to sign with them. And ever since then, there's been a rocky relationship between the Charlos and Andre. Andre, uh, in my opinion, doesn't really fight anybody. For for those who believe that you know Jamel and Jamal are not fighting anybody, you know, take a look at Demetrius Andre. Take a look at his fights and tell me what top fighters has he fought. You know, so. But uh, I would like to see Jamal get uh, at least one real solid middleweight name. Sergey was the first one, but I would like to see him get another one. Uh, I would love to see him uh, fight Danny Jacobs. I would love to, uh, to see him fight Triple G. With the way Triple G is looking his last two fights, Triple G is showing his age, and I don't think Triple G wants to fight Jamal Charlo. Uh, same thing for Danny Jacobs. Not saying he's showing his age, but you know I feel like those guys should have got Jamal when they had the chance. You know. Without him really, without him really progressing his game, they should they should have got him a lot earlier, man. So, uh, like I said, hats off to Jamal. Jamel looked very, very good. What a lot of people was um, saying that, oh, Jason Rosario, he's this monster, and I didn't see that in that fight at all. Uh, Jamel made him look ordinary. He looked like a good fighter, uh, but not. We didn't see the guy that fought J-Rock uh, when he fought Jamel last Saturday. Uh, we seen a completely different fighter, and that's just up to, that's just, you know, a credit to Jamel's skill set. It's a credit to how patient he was, not, you know, throwing shots and smothering his offense. Uh, I've I've also have come out and said that about Jamel, that he he's a very, very good fighter. It's just, you know... Sometimes I feel like he smothers his shots, you know, where he smothers himself with his punches. He looks so poised. He looks so confident. He showed his ring IQ. I mean, I was just so, so impressed with both of those guys and Jamel getting a stoppage, uh, hurting Jason multiple times in that fight and then stopping him with a jab to the body. Just, you know, it just showed how serious he said that he was taking the fight and he showed that. Um, I believe that the Tony Harrison loss was the best thing that could have happened to Jamil because now he has a different outlook on the fight game. He's seen the fight game from a new perspective and look at him now. He's a unified champion at 154. I would like to see him fight Jared Hurd still. If not, I would like to see him uh, in a trilogy fight with Tony Harrison. I would like to see Tony Harrison get a fight uh, in before he gets right back in there with, you know, Jamil. Uh, but I would love to see a third fight between those uh, between those two guys. I, I don't think anybody can push Jamil the way Tony Harrison can. I've seen that in both fights, you know, rewatching both fights multiple times. Like, nobody's going to push Jamel the way that Tony, that Tony Superbad Harrison can, but Jamel's performance, um, strong jab, uh, much like his brother Jamal, uh, Jamel's jab looked strong. Um, he went to the body very, very good. Um, his combinations were great. He was mixing shots up nicely. He was able to, you know, push forward and take it back, and he's still on what he said. Jason Rosario may, you know, give a good punch, but can he take a punch from Jamel Ironman Charlo? And he proved everything that he said. You know, Jamel backed up everything that he said that he was going to do in this fight, and my hat's off to Jamel Charlo. And my main message to the fans out there, you know, boxing fans, stop disrespecting these Charlo uh, twins, man. Put those guys on pound-for-pound list. I mean, they looked phenomenal. They have looked phenomenal. Um, even with Jamal not getting the knockout, look at what he did to uh, Hogan in his last fight. Brandon Adams, who was pretty much uh, fighting to survive in that fight, uh, the adjustments he made against Korobov and still, you know, uh, taking that fight. The knockout against um, Centeno, and then you, you know, factoring this great performance he put on against Sergey Derevchenko. Beautiful, man. I, I, I feel like the respect for these guys needs to be shown. Jamel, you look at, you know, how he bounced back um, with the win against Tony Harrison, knocking him out. He just knocked out Jason Rosario. You look at when he knocked out Erickson Lubin, uh, the domination of Austin Trout. Um, and the list goes on and on. Start respecting these Charlo twins, man. But next on the list, um, and if you haven't had a chance to watch those fights, Watch those fights. They looked phenomenal. Um, Terrence Croft and Kell Brook have agreed to fight. Uh, hopefully, they're talking November 14th. 
November 14th. So that'd be the weekend before Spence and Garcia. I hope they can get uh get it in right in there because that'd be you know two straight weekends with some great fights, and uh, I would love to see that. But Crawford and Kell Brook, and for those of you who think that this is not a you know a good fight, you're wrong. Those of you who think that this is a great fight, you are right. You are extremely correct in my book because if you really know boxing, you know how good Kell Brook is, and you know how good Terrence Crawford is. You know, these are two great fighters, man, who, who, who are very crafty, who are great boxers, and I feel like this would be the toughest boxer that Terrence Crawford has faced to date. And this will really solidify Crawford's position at 147 if he can get through Kell Brook. And if you Kell Brook, this is a situation where you can throw yourself right back in the top of the heap at 147 if you defeat Terrence Crawford. You beat Terrence Crawford, now you have, you know, chances to fight Errol Spence again. You get a chance to fight Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. You know, he can rematch Sean Porter. Uh, Ugas is out there. For those who believe that Terrence Crawford does not fight anybody and he, he's not trying to fight anybody at 147, you are wrong. You have to understand the politics in boxing. Uh, and you have to understand the sport itself. With Terrence Crawford being signed to top rank, he's not going to get, he can't just up and say, you know, I want Earl Spence and, you know, really expect that to happen. And for us fans, we cannot expect that to happen. So, you know, let's let's cut all that out, you know. Please, let's cut all that out. Let's cut all that out thinking that because he said that he want to fight Spence and because uh, Earl said that he want to fight Terrence, like it's just going to, you know, happen that easily you know uh the money has to be right the money has to be right for this fight which i believe that you know they can easily come up with um a good pay for both guys but it's just you have to understand that you have a espn top ranked guy you have a pbc guy pbc and showtime guy and earl spence and danny garcia and sean porter all these guys that fights it fights on showtime pbc is gonna be tough because you know maybe the PBC guy wants the fight to be shown on PBC on Fox pay-per-view or, 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 or PBC on Showtime pay-per-view. Or maybe Terrence Crawford and Top Rank want, you know, they may want their fight to be shown on ESPN pay-per-view. You know, you have to take into consideration all of these things when these great fights of boxing are set to be made or they're trying to, you know, make these fights. You have to take into consideration all of that. But... Crawford and Brooke, man, it's a great fight. So, I mean, like, honestly, really look and watch Kell Brook fight. You think Kell Brook is washed? You're wrong, man. You're, you're wrong. He had two tough injuries um, with, to his eyes, and he fought two tough fighters. And Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, and then, of course, Errol Spence. So, you know, you have to allow yourself to, um, you have to, allow yourself to recover and really get back. So this is a big fight for him to really show his skill set, to show he can still, you know, fight at 47 and show that he can still be a force at 47. For Terrence Crawford, this is his opportunity to get a real solid name on his uh, resume. Uh, if you don't think that this is a solid name on his resume, once again, man, you're wrong. You're wrong. So really pay attention and, and, and look into the details of this fight. And this is a great, great fight. This is a great fight. So I cannot wait for this. Um, the fight fan in me is, is 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 jumping up and down, turning back flips and everything for this fight. You know, the end of twenty twenty right now is 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 looking very good um, from a boxing standpoint and a MMA UFC standpoint. Um, so I'm very very happy with that. Very very happy with the way that the you know the year is going as far as fights. Not all together. You know, the world is crazy, uh, but. Deontay Wilder did fire his longtime uh, trainer, Mark Breland. Um, I do not know the details of that just yet, but uh, I will get into that. doesn't really surprise me with the way that the rematch with Tyson Fury went. My question is, does this open the door for Wilder accepting Floyd Mayweather's invitation to helping him train and, 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 and helping him with his boxing fundamentals and helping him become world champion again at the heavyweight division. This is all that I'm focused on. Is this the door leading to getting help with Floyd Mayweather? If I'm Deontay Wilder, I'll, I mean, why not, man? Why not? You know, take full advantage. If not, find you a trainer that's going to 
help you develop your skills and not just focus on your power, you know? So, um, for my fight fans, for my boxing fans, keep your eyes out, keep your ears open for that right there. Um, as well as, you know, I'm going to do the same with myself um, and get you guys some details on that. Um, next, um, Manny Pacquiao is set to fight Conor McGregor in January of 2021. Um, I believe possibly in Abu Dhabi or I just know it's outside of the country. With that fight right there, man, um, it, it it makes me question what man is going to do as far as fighting the top welterweights uh, in boxing, man. Like, what does that what does that mean? You know, uh, with Manny fighting Connor in January, that only leaves two champions that are fighting, um, which is Spence and Crawford. You got Crawford fighting Kelly. You got Spence fighting Danny. Sean is a mentor for both Earl and Terrence. What does that mean for Manny Pacquiao if he wants to come back? Who does he fight? Does he give Keith Thurman a rematch? I don't think so. You know, I don't think that's the smart thing to do. I don't think Keith deserves a rematch if we're being completely honest. But, you know, uh, very interesting to see what Manny's going to do. You know, uh, Manny's not getting any younger. And I'm just eager to see what he's going to do with his WBA uh, title. You know, I would like to see that. That was uh, kind of shocking for me to see him uh, agree to fight Connor. But hey, you know, uh, if it makes money, it makes sense in today's game. Uh, clearly that doesn't really make sense though, but I would still tune in and watch it. You know, it, it's, of course it's gonna be a spectacle. But, uh, and lastly, man, uh, kind of to continue on with what I started this podcast off with, the twins, you know, what's next for both of them I've kind of pretty much said what I said for Jamal, but for Jamal, man, like, you know, what's really next? And I know what Jamal wants. He has let everybody know what he wants. He wants, you know, Canelo Alvarez. He wants Saul Canelo Alvarez. So at this point, how long can Canelo avoid Jamal Charlo? You know, at this point, you really can't because Canelo, you know, his fans and his supporters can't say, oh, well, Canelo doesn't fight at 160 anymore. Because of the fact that Jamal has come back and said, I'll fight Canelo at 68. I'll fight him at, at, at 175. I just want to fight him. So at this point, if you are Canelo, you know, just fight the man. You know, I feel like he has deserved that. He was your mandatory and you, you know, dropped the belt. It's, it's, it's getting ridiculous at this point. So just fight the man, you know. Um, Fans across the world really want to see this fight. And I, I truly feel like uh, Jamal has proved himself more than enough time, you know, especially with this last fight. So I would love to see that. But next, man, I got the my NFL take before these games kick off, man. I got about an hour to get these in. So uh, everybody that, that wants an update on uh, the NFL games and what I think about them, that's coming up next, man. Stay tuned. Y'all know what's going on. Y'all know what's going on. This is Callaway Sports Podcast with Kendall Callaway. All right, man. So for my NFL games, I do want to just recap uh, a little bit of last week before I get into uh, the games today and my predictions for those. I don't really do too many predictions as far as scores for games because, you know, anything can happen, especially with the way kickers miss field goals and extra points and things like that. But, you know, these aren't, these aren't going to be very accurate scores, but I feel like, you know, these games and the, and the things that's going to happen, the way I see things is going to be, you know, I feel like my scores, my predictions will be in the range of things. Uh, if I am wrong, then I am wrong. You know, I don't do this very often, but it's something I'm going to start doing more often. But uh, last Monday, uh, this past Monday, the Chiefs blasted my Baltimore Ravens, man. They, 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 they blasted us. I mean, something serious. You know, they, they, they Patrick Mahomes put us over his knee and, you know, he, he, he gave us a, a good whooping. <laughs> he gave us a good whooping, man. But uh, what went wrong in that game, man, I just feel like, you know, it wasn't the Chiefs and Andy Reid, their offensive schemes is, is, is so so hard to predict and so and, and it's so hard to stay, you know, it, it, it's so it's so hard to keep up with. 
with the with the mixture of speed and talent that they have. You know, you got um, McCole Hartman that they throw in sometimes. Of course, you got Tyreek Hill. They you know they put him in motion. You know, they may move him to the backfield, of, and and then you got Travis Kelsey. You got Sammy Watkins, who's a good receiver. Uh, the running back from LSU, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, he's great. You know, he's a he, he's a very good young running back. And then you factor in that you got the best quarterback in the game in Patrick Mahomes who can do all these magnificent things. It was very hard for our defense to really keep up with that. So that's number one. Of course, we when it came down to some of the big plays we gave up down the field, man, uh, that touchdown to Hardman, a touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Um, I think Sammy had got a big uh, pass play. I mean, you know, Pat was really ripping that defense apart. Um, if we had a better guy over the top, you know, I think that's what not, – I'm not saying the game would have been too much different if Earl Thomas was still there, but at the same time, I do feel like, you know, it could have been different because he's a veteran safety who, you know, who quarterbacks have to respect if they're throwing over the top or throwing, you know, across the middle if he's in the box or anything like that. I just felt like the game would have been a little bit different if Errol Thomas or if we had a very solid safety over the top. I'm not taking anything away from Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark. I'm just saying, you know, those aren't the, you know, best options um, as far as stopping, you know, Patrick Mahomes and those guys with those big-time pass plays and that tricky, you know, offense, that unpredictable offense. Um, but as a football fan, I just love what I've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, as a fan of other Baltimore Ravens, you know, my heart was hurting because, I mean, we were getting whooped. And they have a very, very, very – not a lot of people talk about the Chiefs' defense. I was very impressed by what I seen by their defense. Um, holding Lamar to, I think, like 97 pass yards, um, keeping him bottled up. Um, of course, Mark Andrews did have a few drops, you know, that could have changed the game. We had a touchdown that Mark could have, you know, brought in. But, hey – they, that, that defense, we should talk about that defense a lot more the same way we talk about that Chiefs offense. The same way I'm talking about this Chiefs offense, we got to talk about that Chiefs defense because Chris Jones and Clark and those guys, man, hey, those guys know how to play football, and I was very, very impressed by what I seen from them. Uh, very, very impressed. So that's that. Um, the Eagles, their struggles continue uh, as far as playing football and as far as keeping guys healthy. Uh, is it? It's tough to see because I like Carson Wentz, and he hasn't really just played his best brand of football. I'm hoping that, you know, that can change for him when he gets some, you know, possibly he gets some better protection. Possibly he starts making, you know, better decisions on these throws. And uh, a lot of times what I've been seeing since last year and the year before last, um, a lot of people put the blame on the quarterback. And Carson Wentz is no exception. A lot of people have put the blame on Carson Wentz saying he's under, you know, he, he's not playing to the level he is supposed to. But you got to factor in, you know, you got to cut Carson some slack. You got to cut him some slack. This offensive play calling that Philly is running, it is terrible. I do not like it. Uh, I feel like they could have won a game against the Bengals. Um Last Sunday, it was like third and something, and they just needed maybe five or seven yards, a quick pass play or a quick run play to get Jake Elliott in position to kick the field goal and go home with a victory. But they wanted to, they wanted to get it all back. I think it was like fourth and 12, or, or I mean, it was third and 12, third and 13, and it was a, I think it was a, it was a pass to the running back on a wheel route. That was just played. I mean, it, it it was covered. I mean, look, throw some cover on the bed, and you don't. You know what I'm saying? You really don't see your sheets. You didn't see that running back the way that that linebacker covered it. You know what I'm saying? Covered that play. It was it was so predictable. They read that very well. So, um, but long story. You know what I'm saying? Just more of the story about the Philadelphia Eagles is that the struggles have continued uh, with as far as playing football and uh, keeping guys healthy. Uh, and I know it's tough to be a Eagles fan, man. I feel for both my brothers and my uncle, uh, Shad and Cam, man, my uncle Chris. I know it's tough to see these Eagles struggling the way that they are. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, y'all could hopefully turn it around, you know. Uh, man, I, I just I just know it's tough because, I mean, it, it was at one point, Baltimore has always been my team. 
but I've always liked the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, especially when, you know, growing up watching T.O. play, then getting Michael Vick over there. I love watching Michael Vick, who is my favorite quarterback of all time. But, I mean, right now, and I like Carson Wentz. Like I said, man, I, I, I like Carson Wentz, but what I see from Carson Wentz is the same thing I see that Lamar Jackson needs, and that is a true number one receiver. In this league, you're... Your tight end, and you can have a very, very good tight end, which both teams have, which the Ravens have and the Eagles have. Ravens got Mark Andrews. Eagles got Zach Ertz. These are easily top three tight ends, easily top five tight ends. You know, it just depends on how, you know what I'm saying, who you put behind Kittle and Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? It's just it, it's just who you put put behind Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. However you rank them is how you rank them. But Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz, you know, those are the next two guys in my opinion. But your tight end can't be your number one target because it's it's not hard for teams to come up with uh, coverages and schemes and game plans to take these guys out of your game and force you to have to feed your, you know what I'm saying, your, really your number two, number three receivers on your team. You know, I love Hollywood Brown, but he's not a receiver one type of guy. I love, uh, Al, you know what I'm saying, I love Deshaun Jackson, but he's not a receiver one anymore, you know. Um, Jalen Rieger is not, you know, I like Rieger too, but I don't think, I think what Philly is trying to do, they are trying to, you know, mimic or come up with kind of like the same system that Andy Reid and the Chiefs have. And I just don't think that's going to work because Jalen Rieger, I don't think he can be a Tyreek Hill just yet. Uh, and, you know, and Tyreek Hill is a special individual as fast as he is, as you know what I'm saying, his route running is very, very good as well. I just don't, I just don't see that happening in Philly right now. Uh, but, you know, the, the struggles continue for those guys. I'm hoping that to, today uh, it ends, uh, and I hope that they can get a win. You know, uh, I'll be watching tonight. And lastly, uh, before I get into these uh, football games, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. Ooh, it's a hot start. I mean, those guys are – those two guys are on fire. Uh, you watch Wilson. Oh, man, it, and, and it really – Irked my nerves because every year me and my brothers, uh, we all do fantasy football. You know, myself, my brother JD, Cam, Shot, um, my brother Marcus, and his wife Tanya. We all do fantasy football. And last week, uh, no, the week before last, I was I was trying to decide if I wanted to play um Russell Wilson against that Patriots defense, and I didn't. And man, did he have a day. Um, so I really Made up for that, and I ended up losing, too. So I played him last week against the Cowboys. He had another great game. Josh Allen has been phenomenal. Uh, and these guys are just getting out to a very, 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 very hot start, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from those two guys. Uh, Josh Allen at Bills Mafia, he has a real true target with Stephon Diggs now, and, I mean, he, he he's looking good. But look out for Russell Wilson and Josh Allen this week again. Uh... And on to the games. Let's get right into it, man. The uh, Browns and the Cowboys. I'm taking a lot of people may I may get a lot of backlash for this, but I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I like what, what I'm seeing from the Cowboys, especially from that uh, Falcons uh, game. Of course, I truly believe the Falcons lost that game more than the Cowboys won that game. But the Cowboys did fight all the way back. Um, but really, I like OBJ against the Cowboys. I always have. I always have liked OBJ against the Cowboys and that banged up defense. Um, of the Cowboys, I think it's going to hurt them in this game. I think, I feel like the Browns are going to, you know, really catch a groove this year that a lot of people are not really looking forward to. I think uh, I think a lot of people are writing them off because of what happened last year. I think they're going to catch a groove this year and surprise a lot of teams. I think it starts today. I got the Browns 24 to 20. Cardinals, Panthers, uh, no Christian McCaffrey. That's easy to tell. The Cardinals are looking great. Kyler Murray is hard to stop. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker on their defense. Uh, easy money. I got the Cardinals 30 to 17. I feel like they, you know, like I said, if you if you didn't catch it, I know that these numbers won't be exactly accurate, but I feel like it's gonna be in the range. You know, Chargers, Bucks. I feel like Tom Brady after after what happened Week One, I think they're gonna. I think his chemistry is continuing to grow with his receivers, uh, especially Mike Evans in that red zone. So um, I got 27-17 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. I think Brady has another good game. Jaguars, Bengals, 
Um, I'm going to go Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. I like what I've seen from him since, you know what I'm saying, since he's been starting. Uh, you know, I feel like it's a very good start to his NFL career, and I think he gets his first win today. Like he said, man, he's not a guy who's used to losing, and he doesn't want to get used to losing. I think he changes that today. 17-13 Bengals. Ravens and the Washington football team, I feel like Lamar Jackson and company are pissed off. Of course, that's a, that's a tough defense they're going against that Washington football team. That line can cause a lot of troubles. But we, I, I truly still believe we're the best rushing team in the NFL. I think we get our get back today. 30-21 Ravens. Saints and Lions. Uh, a lot of Cowboy fans are laughing at the Saints fans. A lot of Saints fans laughing at the Cowboy fans. I think it's the Saints fans that are going to laugh at the Cowboy fans this week. I think the Saints get back in the win column. Uh, 31-24 Saints. Seahawks versus the Dolphins. Like I stated before, Russell Wilson is red hot. I think that continues. Um, I'm going to go 35-21. Seahawks. Easy money. Uh, Dolphins look okay. I just don't think they have enough to beat that Seahawks team, uh, despite if, you know, they're going to have some missing guys on that defense as well. I just feel like, you know, Russell Wilson is just, he's in a groove. He's in a different groove right now. Uh, so I'm taking... I'm taking Seattle now. Next, Vikings versus the Texans. Two teams, 0-3. They're looking for their first win. I'm going with, I like Deshaun Watson, but I just don't think it's going to be a very good year for the Texans this year, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins and company turn things around. 24-20, Minnesota. And next on the list, let's see who we got. Giants versus the Rams. Come on, man. That's not hard to uh, pick. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Jared Groff this year. I think he struggled a little bit last year. We know who Aaron Donald is. We know who Jalen Ramsey is. Uh, I think they continue to uh, play great football against a Giants team who doesn't even have a lot of players playing offensively. Saquon is out. I think Sterling Shepard's not playing. I, don't, I, I do not believe that Golden Tate is playing. So, of course, easy. I'm taking the Rams, 38-14. to 14. Bills versus Raiders. Like I said about Russell Wilson, Josh Allen is, he hot, man. He hot right now. I think that's going to continue. I think the Raiders are a very good team. I just don't think they're going to uh, be able to compete with the Bills enough to win. I'm taking the Bills 27-17. Coach versus the Bears. Nick Foles is the starting quarterback. I think they get another win against the Colts. 31-24, Chicago Bears. And last, the Eagles versus the 49ers. A lot of people are laughing at the Eagles. I think the Eagles shock a lot of people. I think Carson Wentz gets in a gets in the groove today. I think him and Zach Ertz. Uh, I feel like their connection is going to be tough to stop this week, and I expect a big play. I expect big plays from that 49ers. Excuse me, from that Eagles D line. It's going to be a tough game on Sunday Night Football. I am taking the Eagles 20 to 17. I think they, I think they get a close one. I think they win in a close one. But uh, that's my NFL take, man. That's my NFL take for this week. Next, my UFC take, and then, of course, NBA take. I might combine those two for the sake of time. Uh, but stay tuned, man. Y'all know what it is. We're going to take a small break. Callaway Sports. Let's go. All right, man. Uh, I don't think I'm going to combine my two segments, which would be my UFC take and my NBA take, because I know that a lot of my fans may, you know, a lot of people may not listen to, excuse me, not listen to, uh, I love this instrumental, that's what I'm listening to, Shook Ones, Mob Deep, but uh, a lot of people may not pay attention to MMA the way that I do. So for my NBA fans, Y'all going to have y'all, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have my own segment for, you know, my finals coverage as well. Um, but let's get uh, let's get into this UFC segment, this UFC topic, man. Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, style bender, smash Paulo Costa. Um, I was impressed, of course. I, I feel like I'm always impressed by watching style bender fight. But I, but I was impressed by how easy he made it look. I feel like, you know, Costa going to put up... A little bit more of a fight. Um, 
But I I did pick Style Bender to win. I feel like, you know, Paulo's style was perfect for Israel, you know. Uh, Israel being a counterpuncher, sniper that he is, and, you know, Costa being kind of, you know, the bruiser, the brute that walks forward and, you know, is trying to take your head off. I feel like that was a perfect style for Israel. He just, I mean, he passed the test with flying colors. Uh, he picked him apart and got him out of there in two. Um, let's see what's next for Style Bender, man. Let's see what's next for him. Um, Cannoneer, Jared Cannoneer, and Robert Whitaker will be fighting. So he says he wants Jared Cannoneer. If he can get through Robert Whitaker, I feel like if Whitaker gets that fight, then I feel like he should rematch uh, Rob next. Uh, I think that would be nice. But Israel Adesanya is the king of the middleweights. If he, you know what I'm saying, if Style Bender clears the division, he gets another fight in 2021. John Joe, if, if John puts his heavyweight move on hold and goes back down to light heavyweight because, you know, uh, Dominic Reyes did lose to Jan, Jan Blakovic in the Coleman event for the vacant UFC light heavyweight title. And Jan wants John. If John goes back down for that fight or if John goes back down to light heavyweight just to fight Stylebender, man, the fight fan in me once again will be turning back for us because Stylebender and John, I mean, like, come on. That that matchup right there speaks for itself. But also, um, coming up, I believe in November, we got Habib and Justin Gaethje for the UFC lightweight title. Fight fan in me is turning back Phillips Cartwheels because that's a great fight. Uh, the way Gaethje looked against Tony Ferguson uh, earlier this year to win the interim lightweight title, he destroyed uh, El Kakui in a way that nobody has ever seen. And... He says, I can't stay on the tracks when Khabib gets rolling. I got to be able to get on the tracks and get off. And he truly believes he has the power to, you know, hurt Khabib. And if he hurts him, he's got to jump on him. So I will, I'm, I'm very, very eager to see, you know, Gaethje's game plan and how he, you know, prepares to deal with Khabib and his pressure and his wrestling and that, that mauling style. So look out for that. Khabib, Gaethje, UFC lightweight title. Also, Poirier versus McGregor, too. If you are a UFC fan, you know in 2014 that Conor McGregor's his rise to stardom, his rise to, you know, the top of the featherweight rankings. One of the guys he got through was Dustin Adamant Poirier with a first-round knockout at UFC 178. Since then, Poirier has been on the roll. I believe he's lost maybe two fights uh, since losing to Conor. Conor, on the other hand... A lot of people uh, are criticizing Conor by from the fight with Cowboy for like you know that was a perfect uh, perfect fight for him you know to come back and you know get a win get back in the win column but you know at the same time Poirier versus McGregor too that's a great fight man I've been wanting to see the rematch since Dustin has moved back not excuse me, not moved back but moved up to lightweight uh, he's a completely different fighter. Uh, he's so he, he's so game and poised, and his his boxing has been great. And Poirier is, man, I mean, he look he he's looked great at lightweight. Uh, if you do not believe me, watch his fight against Max Holloway for the interim lightweight title. Watch the fight against Gaethje where he was able to fight back in that fight. Uh, watch his fight with Anthony Pettis uh, where he dominated uh, Showtime. Also, um, Kobe Covington did the Vitar and Woodley. Uh, in their grudge match, uh, where he was dominating the fight, didn't really see kind of the same thing from Woodley. And I feel like Tyron at this point, you know, I didn't realize these last two fights, it, it, it didn't really dawn on me until, you know, while I'm watching fights and I see the tail of the tape and I see the age of these fighters. And it really didn't dawn on me when Woodley had fought Usman, when Usman defeated him for the title. It didn't dawn on me that Woodley was 36. And then when he was fighting, uh, or, or 37 at the time, then watching him fight Kobe, I'm looking at the the age. I believe Kobe's 32. I'm like, dang, Willis 38. You know, Tyron is Tyron's getting old, and I feel like his prime is done. I feel like you know it, it may be time for Tyron to, you know, hang him up. It, it, it's like he just when he fought Usman, he was he was like you know it was just one of those nights where I just you know couldn't let my hands go, I couldn't get going, and that has been kind of the trend for Tyron. He just can't get going, and I think it. it it's his body letting him, you know, showing him that, you know, maybe maybe his time is up, you know. Uh, maybe it's time for him to call it quits. I would hate to see it, but, you know, honestly, I 
I hate to see Woodley, you know, lose the way that he has lost. Uh, you know, really getting dominated when he was the guy that was doing the dominate, knocking guys out. But with that win over Tyron Woodley, that sets up Kobe Covington. He can either wait to see the uh, wait and get the winner of Usman versus Gilbert Burns. But he did also call out not only Usman, but game bread Jorge Masvidal. So, we, you know what I'm saying? We're going to see if the UFC really wants that fight. Uh, I, I feel like both of those guys should take that fight, and it will prove, you know, who's the you know, legit number one contender uh, to get the winner of Masvidal and Covington. Because when you watch Usman fight Covington, of course, Usman did get the stoppage in the fifth round, but it was a very competitive fight. It was a very competitive fight. Um, I loved what I seen from both guys, two wrestlers who stood in front of each other and, and traded punches. And then when you look at Usman's fight with Masvidal, a lot of people was like, well, we would expect more from Game Bread if he had a full count. You know, he took that fight on six days notice. So a lot of people want to see Game Bread get another shot at the title. I, you know what I'm saying? I, for one, would love to see him get a shot at the title, but I would, I would love to see him, you know, fight Kobe too because it's, it's bad blood in that fight as well. So that is my UFC take. That is my UFC take. For those who are not big fans of UFC, I understand, you know. Um, but that's my UFC take. So for my NBA fans, NBA Finals take is coming up next. So get ready. LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Lakers up 2-0. I'm going to tell you why. Coming up next. All right. So the last topic we got is our NBA Finals segment, my NBA Finals take. Um, as I stated before, I could not get these this episode in these last few days. Anchor app having issues and things like that, but uh, I promised that I was going to get it to y'all. I told myself I got, I got to. I, I, I can't pass up on the news. You know, I, I can't let two. You know, what I'm saying. Three games go by in the finals, and then these football games go by, and then this great night of fights last Saturday go by without, you know, talking to my Callaway Sports uh, fans. So <clears throat> let's get right into it, man. Game one of the NBA Finals, Lakers Heat. Lakers coming off the gentleman's sweep of Denver. Miami coming off defeating Boston. You got two alphas and LeBron and Jimmy Butler going head to head. And when you look at the numbers, LeBron shoots about 38, 39% when guarded by Jimmy Butler uh, over the last five to six years. So, I mean, everything on paper is looking good off of how good Miami has looked in this postseason, how good LA has looked in this postseason. So, everybody was like, okay, it's going to be a great, great game one. I told a lot of people, I told everybody, ask my brother Rashad Calloway, go on his Facebook and ask him. What did your little brother say about the NBA Finals? I told him, don't be surprised if the Lakers do, you know what I'm saying, if they get another gentleman sweep, which is 4-1. He said, you know what I'm saying, he said Heat in six. A lot of people saying Lakers in six. I've been telling everybody, don't be surprised if we get another gentleman sweep. I like what Kendrick Perkins said on first take. I'm going to quote Kendrick Perkins. LeBron James is from Akron, Ohio. He was born in Akron, Ohio, but he lives in the NBA Finals. Now, let that sink in. He's from Akron, Ohio, but he lives in the NBA Finals. This man has been to 10 NBA Finals. 10. It was eight straight for him. 10 NBA Finals. But game one, that he came out strong. That he came out strong. My brother called me. That he up 23-8 or whatever the score was. I believe it was 23-8. I said, okay, you know. Talk to me after the game, though. Talk to me after the game. Call me after the game. We'll see if he was going to keep that same energy. I had to call him. Lakers, good shooting night from three. Danny Green was hitting open shots. KCP, you know, he's hitting open shots. Caruso hit a few. Good shooting night from three. Uh, 
I was impressed by that because they were going up against the greatest, you know what I'm saying, the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs right now, which is Miami. With those great shoes, they got over there, Hero, Drogic, uh, Duncan Robinson. AD and LBJ, they were dominating, you know, the best duo in the game doing what they do. A lot of people like, you know, Bam is a guy, he could be able to get, you know what I'm saying, get at AD. And I was one, I was saying, you know, the biggest thing that I'm – focused on is the fact that Spolster is a great coach. He's he's coached LeBron. He 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 has coached teams to beat LeBron since LeBron left Miami. Go And if you don't believe me, go back to when they played Miami in 2007, 2016, 2017. One of those years, uh, matter of fact, it was the first year that Kyrie had left. It was the first, it, it was that year. Kyrie had went to Boston. Watch the zone that Spolster put on LeBron uh, in his Cavaliers, but Drogic did get hurt here at his foot. Uh, Bam got hurt. I know he, he he still continued to play, but, you know, eventually he sat down. And uh, after all of that, 116-98, Lakers. Didn't surprise me. You know, I expected uh, much more of a closer game. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, but seeing the Lakers get into that groove, uh, it was nice, you know, uh, so – um, seeing them getting that groove, I, I just figured that, that it was going to be hard to stop them. Game two, no Bam or Drogic. You, uh, you, you can almost say it's going to be, you know, a guaranteed win for Miami. Uh, but Jimmy and the Heat, they're not quitters. You know, you can't count them out. Those guys are a great, well-put-together basketball team. I, I feel like it's a great mix of vets and young guys. <clears throat> Tyler Hero is is playing good basketball. You know, I like what I'm seeing from Hero. But no Bam, no Dragic. I just didn't see them beat Miami, um, despite them putting up a good fight. AD, LBJ, Rondo, they were the story of game two. They couldn't be contained. They couldn't be stopped. Rondo was 16 and 10. AD at one point was, I think, like 10 for 12 or 12 for 12 or 11 for 11. You know, AD just doing AD things. He's dominating LeBron, being LeBron, the floor general. Uh, the enforcer, the leader, you know, that was that was LeBron. I, I believe AD ended the game shooting 15 for 20. And, you know, Miami being kind of shorthanded with that Bam and Drogic, got good production from Kendrick Nunn. Got good, uh, they got good minutes from Kelly Lennon. He had 24. Tyler Hero is going to be Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. You know, they had a good game. It's around, you know what I'm saying? They just played a better team who had, you know, more firepower, bigger star power with AD and LBJ, and, and that's really what game two came out to be. Now, game three, Bam is expected to play. The Lakers are, I believe it's like 29-0 when winning game one, when going up 1-0, when going up 2-0. I may be wrong on that stat about it being 1-0, but I believe that 29-0 when, when going up 2-0. I just don't see Miami being a team to, you know, you know, in that street. I just don't see it unless something drastic happens, which I doubt that that happens right now. As long as LeBron James is, is on that floor, the Lakers will be the 2020 NBA champions. I'm looking forward to game three tonight, though. Um, I do predict that it will go 3-0. I believe they go up another victory. You know, I, I feel like they get the next game. And I think Jimmy then fights off elimination, make it 3-1. And then, you know, of course, LeBron would give those guys a gentleman sweep of uh, 4-1. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess you can't call it a gentleman sweep because they didn't lose game one. Which I honestly, I was like, you know, it would surprise me if they did lose game one. But, you know, what happens when LeBron, you know what I'm saying, since these guys lose game one, they lost game one against Portland, game one against Houston, game one against Denver. No, they didn't. Did they lose game one against Denver? No, they didn't. But they still gave them. You know what? Yeah, they still gave them a gentleman sweep. They went up 2-0. Then Denver won one. They won the next two. At the end of the day, if it goes 4-1, it's a gentleman sweep. I told my brother, you don't play with LeBron James. And Miami, you know, I love Miami. I love Miami. That's my. I told everybody, that's my dark horse coming out the East. And I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm not saying it because they're in the finals. Now I told everybody, they are my dark horse coming out the East. When they got Jimmy Butler over there, when they drafted Tyler Hero, I asked my brother, we were sitting at my mother's house. We was at EZ house, watching the draft. 
Hulu Live TV. I said, Miami on the clock. Tyler Hero still on the board. They got to take Hero. I get, you know what I'm saying? Besides the first three picks, I always get me at least two or three picks correct when it comes down to the NBA draft. I got Hero right this year. I got um, Luka right when he got drafted. I got Dennis Smith Jr. right when he got drafted. You know? I got Bam right when he got drafted. Come on now, man. I'm not talking, just be talking. I'm not talking, just be talking. I'm not, y'all. Believe me when I say that. Believe me when I say that. But I told my brother, LeBron James is on a different level right now. And he will not lose. You know, I hate what happened to Kobe Bryant, but despite, you know what I'm saying, let's just go into imagination land. Let's just say Kobe is still here with us. The Lakers still would have won the title. But with that happening, I mean, that just took, I mean, that just amplified everything for LeBron. It, it didn't matter if they would have seen Kawhi and them. Kawhi would have, they would have had the same fate. They would have put Kawhi and them out too. LeBron James is going to get his fourth NBA title, whether fans like it or not. One thing that y'all going to do about LeBron James is respect him and put some respect on his name. The same way Dame said, put some respect on my name, put some respect on LeBron James' name. For everybody saying, well, you know, KD probably the best player in the game. No, it ain't Giannis, it ain't KD, it ain't Kawhi. It's that man that's from Akron, Ohio, that live in the NBA Finals. I don't care if KD got two rings over LeBron. Look what he had to do to go do it. And don't sit here and tell me that oh, he did the same thing that LeBron did. No. If he did the same thing that LeBron, that LeBron did, he would have went somewhere else. Not to the team that beat him. Not to the team that was 73-9 and didn't need him. I love KD, though. It was a weak move. Everybody know that. It was a weak move. He didn't do what LeBron did. Nobody's doing what LeBron is doing at, 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 at his age. Still dominating the game at his age. We still talking about LeBron being the best player in the league, if not the best player. I, I believe he's the best player in the league. LeBron James, the man that wore 23 for the L.A. Lakers. Go check my Facebook. I said, I, I, I said that. That man that wore 23 for the Lakers, is he a problem. He a problem. Y'all better go check the numbers. Okay, yeah, he three and six in the finals. So what? It's those losses that made LeBron better. It's those losses that made him who he is today. It's those losses that made him the leader that he is today. Of course, you know, I truly believe he disappeared uh, in Dallas. We didn't see Bron, then they lost to San Antonio. He pretty much was doing it by himself his, uh, when they first matched up against Golden State. No Kevin Love, no Kyrie Irving, but what happened when they had them guys back and they came back from 3-1 down? Hurt Steven, they say, oh, don't, 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 don't give me that because Draymond got suspended. I think Iggy got hurt. I don't want to hear that. That's an, that is an excuse for Golden State and their fans, and I love Golden State. I love Steph Curry. I've been a fan of Steph since he was at Davidson. Shout out to my brother, Shia Calloway for putting me on Steph Curry, watching the Elite Eight. I'm going to turn this instrument off. I want y'all to hear me. Watching the Elite Eight, watching Steph play. So I've been a fan of the Warriors. I've been a fan of the Warriors before even Steph got into the league. But what I'm telling y'all right now is that LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. Nobody in the league can do what LeBron is doing that can score, that can defend, get all his teammates Involved in the game the way he does. Nobody has an IQ that LeBron does, and nobody is a leader that LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can lead a team the way that LeBron can. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's be realistic. Let's be real. Let's be real. If LeBron would have did what Katie had did, he would have joined Boston in 2010. If you can't beat him, join. But now. Yeah, he went to Miami, got him two other All-Stars, two Hall of Famers to run with. Ain't that what Ray Allen and KG did to team up with Paul Pierce? Three Hall of Famers, three All-Stars. Which I didn't say nothing about them. LeBron started the big three. LeBron started out his teaming up. Check the facts. Go back and look. Nobody has been under 
much all this all this pressure like LeBron James has. LeBron came out of high school with all this pressure. All this pressure be great because of what he was doing in high school. All this pressure. But we allowed, you know what I'm saying, looking back at Jordan's career, what nobody saying about about Mike? What nobody saying about, uh, about Mike? And I'm not one of those guys like Shannon Sharp that's going to sit here and say, oh, LeBron, you know, greatest of all time. No, nah, he not. No, nah, he not. But he up there. He up there. He's up there. We allow Jordan to build, you know what I'm saying, to, to grow up and be great. But we, want to, but we want LeBron to be great as soon as he got out of high school. He got to win a title right now. That's basically what you know, folks was saying, basically what folks was doing, trying to make him great right then and there. But we allowed Jordan to become into the killer that he became into. You know what I'm saying? Put the pieces right, get the right pieces around him to win his title. Everybody want to talk about the, you know what I'm saying, oh, Jordan 6 and 0 in the finals. Never went to a game 7. But we don't talk about all the times that Jordan got bounced at the first and second round. I heard Stephen now first take talking about the level of competition that Jordan faced is, is greater than the competition that LeBron faced. You got your mind. I'm 21 years old. And Stephen A., if he's not 50, I know he's close to it. You mean to tell me that you've been covering basketball this long? You mean to tell me that the level of competition that LeBron has faced is not as great as the competition that Jordan faced? Okay, yeah, Jordan faced some bad boy Pistons. He faced the, you know, Portland Trailblazers in the finals. But come on now. Drexler and them guys wasn't, you know what I'm saying? They wasn't. The league is more skilled now. You got so, so, so many more skilled players. I can go on all the, besides the bad boy Pistons, Gary Payton, his Sonics, and the Utah Jazz, what other tough team did Jordan go through? Let's be honest. But look at LeBron. Look at what he did in 2007, dragged that nobody Cavaliers team. I can tell, I want somebody to tell me three players besides LeBron that was on that team that he took to the finals that year. That was, that, that was pretty much equivalent to what Opson did in 2001 with the Sixers. He took that team up against the San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Bruce Bowen. Come on, man. He went back in 2011. He had Dallas. Of course, wasn't nobody expecting Dallas to be that good that year because I wasn't. But he ran up against San Antonio again twice. Same team, throw Kawhi in there now, young Kawhi Leonard. Then you got these Warriors that he went up against. And this is just all, you know what I'm saying? This is everything in the finals. This is everything in the finals. This Warriors team that he went up against, the 73 9 Warriors team that he beat. He drug another nobody team in 20, his, his last time in the finals before this one against KD and those guys, Jordan Clarkson and Larry. Come on, man. But let's talk about when he had to go through Detroit. Chauncey Billups and those guys. Let's talk about when he had to go through Boston. Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen, Rondo. Come on, man. So we got the Warriors. Spurs. Celtics. And the Pistons up against Jordan's bad boy Pistons when he went up against the bad boy Pistons. Carl and those guys. Oh, of course, and the Lakers. Lakers and the Supersonics. If you give me the best players from all of those teams and then the best players from all of the teams that Braun went up against, come on, man. We're not even going to factor in. We're not even going to throw Boston in there. We can throw Curry, Clay, Katie, Dirk, and Tim Duncan. But just imagine if, if come on, man. I, I'm not going to keep talking about this. More of the story, put some respect on LeBron James' name. That's all I'm going to say. Watch him get this fourth ring. And they'll be back next year. He going for five. Put some respect on LeBron James' name. Game three is tonight. Tune in. Football Sunday, 15 minutes away. Tune in.
Thank y'all for listening to me, another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. My UFC fans out there, look out for Covington and Mazdaar, possibly. Poirier and McGregor, too, possibly. Khabib and Gaethje, that is a guaranteed go. That's a guaranteed go. And these great football games. Today, boxing, my, my boxing fans, put some respect on them Charlo twins' name. Look out for Crawford and Kell Brook in November. Spence Garcia is also in November. And for my old heads, Roy Jones, Mike Tyson. They're going to get it in in November as well. Thank y'all, man. God bless y'all.